where do you want to go with your life? This life that we live, it's the only one we got. We can't live for anybody else. We got to live for ourselves. Really, where do you want it to go? Are you single and don't give a single fuck what people think about that? Enter into a truly rewarding relationship with someone who fits like a glove. You. This is a day in the life of happily single. Welcome to Day in the Life of Happily Single. I am your happily single host, Brooke Bevan. Today, we are talking kind of life choices and where do you want to be? My guest today is Richard Haynes from Empowered Potential Coaching. He is a transformational coach and uh, welcome to the show, Richard. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Thank you, Brooke. It's great to be here. As Brooke said, my name is Richard and I've been coaching full-time for just over the last two years. And my journey to become a coach was a pretty long winding road and I don't wanna bore everybody with how long that could be, but just to give you a little bit of an overview. I, all my life, I've always been one who has found that people trust me. They tell me things, they tell me things about themselves. And I thought that was just normal. And that's what happens with everybody that people talk and tell everybody everything. It wasn't until after I did a master's in business that I learned that there was such a career as coaching that it existed. And it really intrigued me because my teacher said that I was really good at it. So there began the journey, the about four or five year journey of getting my coaching credentials and coaching part time and then getting up enough courage to take another big step, which is into entrepreneurship and running my own business and and doing this. And I absolutely love what I do. Brooke, you know that. You've seen me. You've known me since I started this entrepreneur journey. And just to give everybody a little heads up, Richard was actually my coach when I first got started in business. And I will be looking to come back for other things coming up soon. So I'm pretty excited about that but I've used him personally. That is why he is here. Oh, thanks, Brooke. Yeah. What a great experience that was too. It was mind blowing on my end. Truly it was. Just to give people what that was about was I was going from an employee mindset to an entrepreneur mindset and they are very different and everyone has baggage and hangups and working through that so you can do the best job that you can do. So let's talk a little bit about what transformational coaches is and how it helps individuals transform from old to new. So when I went through coaching school, I was taught that there's two kinds of coaching. One is transactional coaching. So it's, it helps to understand what transformational is when you understand what it's not. Transactional coaching is setting a goal and then helping somebody take the steps to achieve that goal. And the other part, of course, as Brooke queued up here was transformational coaching. Transformation means transforming the way you interact with the world. And that is the key. It's the key to avoid insanity because we all know the definition of insanity is the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And how many times does that happen in our lives? So my role and my goal as a transformational coach is to help people interact with the world in a more positive way, positive in that it will help them to achieve the life that they want to live, the, the business. I, I work mostly with entrepreneurs. That's where my love and focus is. And just for them to be able to achieve those goals in their business. And of course, which then everything, like everything comes back to their life and, and the joy and the satisfaction that we experience. And it definitely helps to have 
an outside party help you along with that? Like having that accountability. Sometimes it was just needing support to, to talk something out that was sitting in your head or things you didn't see from. And someone else, hey, have you thought maybe you want to try this or do it this way? Those goals were really huge for me because they were step by step and we, we created them together. And it really helped me to move forward personally, because sometimes I got stuck in one spot and that's where I stay at. Yeah. When you get stuck, you have to shift and you have to make that mindset shift of, of what are you going to do and how you're interacting with the world? You have to decide, do I want to stay here? And huge kudos to you, Brooke, for deciding that. No, heck no, I don't want to stay here. I had a lot of baggage. I had a lot of baggage to work through that I never thought of like things that went back to like, like my childhood that I carried into my adult life that just really hung me up. I think you were calling it the unconscious mind. That's really where baggage exists. And what happens is, okay, I got to peel back the layers here a little bit. Our minds can really be separated into two parts. There's the conscious mind, which each one of us thinks is us. And it's about 5% of us. And then there's the unconscious mind that runs all the programs behind the scenes. While you're sitting here listening to this podcast, if you're not driving and you're just sitting or, or standing, pay attention to what you're doing with your hands or pay attention to what your feet are doing right now. Are your legs crossed? All that stuff is the unconscious mind because I bet you didn't come here and say, oh, I'm going to cross my legs right now or I'm not going to cross my legs. The same thing with all the functions of our body. We Most of us know this from high school and biology that we have an autonomic nervous system. The unconscious mind runs all that stuff. So having your heart beat, having your skin cells, this might sound a little bit gross, it's not meant to be, but having your skin cells change uh, and regenerate and all that is part of the unconscious. And so another big part is the reaction that we have to certain stimulus in the world. That stuff is programmed into us from our formative years. Some of it's genetic even. And and at the time, it was very supportive of what we needed in protecting us or keeping us safe. And as we get to adulthood, sometimes with our goals, some of those structures that we had in place that we put in place in our unconscious get in the way. And we need a little bit of help to be able to discover them for one and then to just let them go. And that, like what we're just talking about right now, this is the root of where transformation takes place. It really is the unconscious mind. And the reason why you can't do it on your own or why, well, you can, you have to be very intentional and pay attention to what's going on. The reason why you need help is because it's in the blind spot. Like these are blind spots in our lives that some in blind spots, other people can see them, but you sure can't. And sometimes you're making other people really angry with your blind spots. And so to become aware of what that program is that's going on behind the scenes, it, it just, it's empowering and it's also very liberating. Liberating was a good word to use. Richard does breakout sessions initially, and I remember doing mine. And I kid you not, I was really raw emotional for a couple of weeks after, but it was so relieving. Like it was just, it finally, everything just came out. And I just, I was really raw for a bit, but gosh, like it really felt good. There might be a little bit of pain at the start, but man, the, the relief of being vulnerable the way you were and facing a lot of it is just facing things that we've buried deep. And when we have the courage to face them and the vulnerability, it just opens up so many doors for us. It changes our thought patterns. It changes the way we interact with other people. It changes the way we interact with the world. And that, I mean, that's the purpose of going for transformation, right? Is 
you're interacting with the world around you differently. It's so true because now I look at things so differently and the pain that was there before in some of those interactions isn't there now. Like I I can see it like basically stepping back in my head and viewing it and going, okay, that's not what I should have expected before I may have turned very defensive or angry or there was other things there that would happen. And it wasn't good for me as an employee. Hands down, it wasn't good for me as an employee. I made a horrible employee because I had issues I wasn't dealing with. And I brought that into the beginning part of my business. But once I dealt with it, things in the business just got so much nicer, easier. And I got a whole bunch of new energy from it. Like I, I, just to give you an idea, I tripled my business in three months just because I wasn't holding on to garbage that was keeping me from interacting the way I wanted to interact. It was super inspiring. I remember that well, Brooke, when, <laughs> it was awesome. when that happened. Yeah. The breakthrough session is such an amazing tool. It's very structured. Transformational coaching is not as structured. The breakthrough session is a, a tool along the way. And, and like you said, I, I like I, I personally, when I coach people, I require it because of how much good it does. Now, at the same time, it's it's not like Brooke walked away and said, oh, I'm a whole new person. This is, we're going to change my name. And she was absolutely still Brooke. And it's, and it doesn't make you, it doesn't make anybody walk on water, but it does make a massive difference in in that energy, in the way that you show up in the world. And it's about getting you to do things that you love, like things that, or helping you get rid of baggage so that you can enjoy life again. Because when we lose joy, like when we're, when we put up all these uh, ways of mitigating pain, mitigating things we don't like, then we bind ourselves and block off the things that bring us joy. And so the breakthrough is part of it is to help people get back there and rediscover what are the things that are really important to them and focus on those areas. Because when you focus on your strengths, it has a tendency to, to fill the space where the your perceived weaknesses might have been and, and takes care of some things that might have seemed like big problems before. So let's talk a little about tools because you are a a tool for individuals to grow. So what's in your repertoire? Yeah, as a coach, and we want to use tool in in the proper sense of the word, not the slang term in this case, for sure. There really are a lot of tools to shift your mindset. So like Brooke said, a coach is a great tool. If you can find a coach that you connect with, that's an incredible, incredibly powerful way to help yourself transform. Again, it gets back to that blind spot. Uh, that's that's the reason why you would hire a coach because they would be able to see and challenge some statements and beliefs and hear them in in your speech and then help you to move in a direction that you want to move in that really is the key is to find I, I can tell you Brooke like most of the time with so many clients I shouldn't say with everybody but some of one of the hardest things is to get absolutely clear on what it is you want out of life that's probably the biggest step that people need to take and, and it's a step that changes because every time you take another step, kind of that target moves a little bit. And so you have to be flexible in moving along this, this path. And that what you want out of life, not what yeah. other people want. You not what mom or dad or significant other wants for you or wants you to do for them or whatever it is, mm-hmm. but to figure out what you really want. And, and a lot of us go through life without knowing that for many years. I know I did. And it actually wasn't until I had the experience of wanting to be a coach, knowing that my, this is a mission thing for me, that my life mission is to support and help other people to be at their best and to live in their light or whatever, however you want to describe it. 
it wasn't until then that I really knew what I wanted to do. I think one thing, so another tool is recognizing how much of our life is being driven by fear. What are you doing that's fear-driven? Because that's, again, taking you away from what you want. And so if you can kind of peel back those layers in your mind or of awareness, so take a step back on an observation deck and watch yourself, watch your mind and pay attention to how much fear you experience every day and where it shows up and what type of things it shows up. Those are amazing indicators to help you understand how you can transform. Especially if you're in that mindset right now, let's say you're working for, and you absolutely despise your job to the point where it's hard to get out of bed in the morning. I was there like for a lot of my employment career. I despised going to work. And now I have this life that I just can't fathom. If I was like 10 years ago, I just couldn't imagine what I'm living right now and the perks of my life and the happiness in my life just from making decisions and changing things to make myself happier. And when you're happier, the people around you are happier too. hundred percent. It affects everybody. Energy is contagious, like the energy, emotion. So one of the things we say in, in coaching is that emotion is energy in motion and our emotions are meant to flow. And so when your emotions are positive, that can rub off on other people if they're negative, it can rub off on other people as well. And people like Joe Dispenza and Greg Braden and others have, trying to think of other names, but they're not coming to mind. They've actually measured frequency, like energetic frequency based on emotions and thought patterns and stuff, which is really fascinating to when you dig into it about how those emotions affect us. And surprise, emotions like gratitude and joy are some of the highest, most life-giving frequencies we can have. And anger and fear and sadness and stuff are, even though they're part of life, but they just don't have as high a frequency as some of those other ones do. Excitement goes a long way. I'd like, I'm so excited about the projects I'm working on that just to give you an idea, just even this podcast, like this really excited me to work on. And I'm recording what, 44 episodes this month and 44 next month, just because I'm so excited. And that's a lot of hours to put in. If anyone's ever run a podcast, that's a lot of hours. That's like usually 10 to 20 hours per episode. I'm super excited. I'm putting a lot of time and effort, but I'm not tired because I'm excited about it. It, it's enthusiasm, right? I just watched a video the other night that I'd watched before. It's Wayne Dyer. If So another tool is YouTube has some amazing resources of, of excellent teachers and, and people who have put up videos and that can really help. Wayne Dyer is one of those for me. I really enjoy most of his content. But in, in this one video, he talked about the word enthusiasm and said what it really means is N means in and thuz comes from the word theos, which means God. And asm means like with. So it's the God within. So enthusiasm is tapping into the divinity or the your own divineness. And so excitement, enthusiasm, all that stuff is coming from being aligned with what you're meant to do. And so that's another tool you asked about tools is when you're happy and excited to wake up every day, there's a good indicator for you that you're on the right path. If you're dreading waking up, because what do you got to do? Do you got to go to this job that you hate? I honestly was having dreams of blowing up the business I was working at. Honestly, (laughs) that's kind of new where it was like, this is not a good mindset to be in. But honestly, I've been there. That's not enthusiasm. That's for sure. No, that was not. But even now, like 
the stuff I'm working on, it is my own business. So there's lots there, but just the mindset and the people I get to work with and doing these choices, like realizing it's a choice. As if you're going to be a mean, horrible person to me, I actually don't have to work with you. I get to choose that. And that was a really big thing for me because I'm a giver by nature. That's just who I am. I'll give until I have nothing left. But to being able to choose who I give to was a really powerful thing to learn. I love that. I love that. Cho- being able to choose is... It, that is where our power resides. Here's another thing. I hope I'm not going too deep on some of these concepts. I, I don't think so. I think they're timeless and and you can take what, what you will out of that for yourself or myself or whoever's listening. Our time, like our time is the thing that we really have the most choice over. That's our biggest commodity. And how many times in life, so here's another tool. How many times in life do we say, I, I don't have enough time or I, you know, sorry, I'm too busy. Or, you know, as entrepreneurs, the badge of honor of working 80 hours a week began so then I can't do anything else. Again, how much of that, and only the individual can tell this, but how much of that is an excuse of not owning your own life, owning your own time? Instead of saying, I don't have time, I switched to, this is not a priority to me right now. And that kind of, that was a mindset thing too, because it really explained to people that I acknowledge what is happening or what we're doing. But to me personally, some things aren't a priority in my life. A hundred percent. That's all, That's such a good way to own it. And the thing is, this was really interesting. When I started owning my thoughts and my time, I lost a lot of friends for it because they expected me to give, even though it made me really unhappy. I lost those friends. Like it was hard to lose. Like it really is. It's always hard to lose friends, but I really got a different clarity and started filling those friend spots with people of the same mindset that I had. And I found my life was getting better in that aspect, but those were really difficult conversations to have with somebody. I know I am not going to go do this. It's going to take a week. It's not priority to me and it's not good for my mental health. And it was tough, but it was I don't regret it is a word like I don't I think I would have regret if I did the activity for a week I would have hated it the whole time I would have been miserable now it's no I'm good I I have more productive more happier things to work on it's so good yeah (laughs) when you start to own your time there will be people who fall out of your life because they just weren't healthy for where you wanted to go healthy might be a strong word they just didn't fit into that direction a couple more tools I'm thinking of one is journaling probably here most coaches talk about journaling but that's where you can you can discover some of that stuff that's going on unconsciously when you journal there's different kinds of journal i'll leave it up to you to research there's some just free writing there's some very intentional affirmation type journaling there's so many different ideas out there go ahead and do a google search and find the one that works best for you or that you that looks or sounds or feels right to you in the moment that's and- a good one like truly journaling is a very private thing and finding what works for you because I've like over the last few years I've tried different techniques and I finally settled on one that was perfect for me and it's oh my gosh it helps because I'm really hard on myself like I get into the mindset of you didn't do enough you didn't put the effort where you wanted to put the effort in and when I started journaling when I got really hard on myself I'd go back and look at my prior days and uh, hey look at all this stuff you've done over the last six months or the year like really look at it you're doing awesome and then I renew my energy 
just from that and put myself back on a proper mindset for continuing forward. For me, it, that was my personal thing with journaling. Oh, that's so cool. Not only do you get that benefit from it, but it's a record of your life too. And yeah. who knows who will want to know about you later on. None of us can foresee that right now. And if you wait until you're super successful and then you start journaling, you might never get there if you don't journal. But if you do wait for that, you're going to miss out on some of those parts of the journey that could be super valuable. Some of those nuances of taking those steps forward. One of the things I've learned as a coach is that there are very few things that can provide a quantum leap type experience for people. There's just a lot of learning that needs to happen along the way and maturing and changing the way that you view the world for success to take root. And so journaling is such an awesome way to capture what's going on in your life. So I encourage everybody here to, if you're not going to do it for, to find that limiting belief, at least do it so that you capture your journaling your journey and your learning along the way. So just a really famous journal person is actually Sir Richard Branston. Like he has journals, like you ever see his bookshelf. He has like a hundred there. Like he just, he journaled everything from a young age. But could you imagine being the person one day going back and reading that and seeing inside his head from beginning to end? Like really? That would be so cool. That would be pretty cool. So the other tool, and this is, these are things that we all have. That's what's so cool about this is some of this, you don't need a coach to do this, but so everybody has a body and the other tool is to pay attention to what you're feeling in your body and where are you feeling that and instead of pushing it away because it feels a little bit unpleasant lean into it a little bit and just and pay attention when it shows up and those type of indicator will help you to understand where where baggage is when it shows up and and then you can go for the help that you need with whether it's professional counselor or, or a coach like myself that does breakthrough and baggage release and stuff or maybe you'll be able to journal about it to help to let it go but it it will certainly build awareness as to what's going on and what are your habits? What are you doing that is self-sabotaging? I have a really good example of this for myself personally. When I was an employee, when I heard the word, we're going to have a meeting, I would almost become physically ill. Like to me, that was the worst sentence that can come out of my boss's mouth was we're going to have a meeting. And once I worked through the baggage of that, those words, because I even brought that into my business. Like even when my clients would say, hey, we need to have a meeting, I would just get ill to the point where I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be the worst thing ever. And once I dealt with the baggage that went with those words, now I look forward to meetings. I'm so excited for them because that means we're going to be sharing new ideas and talking out some something really cool that's happening. And now like that fear of those words were just, they're gone. That was a huge one for me because I wasn't a good employee. I wasn't. So when you had a, I'm going to have a meeting, it means you're getting in trouble all the time. And I brought that into the business. And every time I thought I heard I have a meeting means, oh, I'm going to let you go. And that anxiety with that was just horrid. And but when I work through that, now I get a message that goes, we need to have a meeting. And that's all I get now. I don't even get any information. And I get excited because if we're having a meeting, there's something new we're going to talk about that's super exciting and we get to try something. But when I first realized that those words were making me sick, I actually had to have a conversation with my clients. I'm like, can you please, instead of saying we need to have a meeting, is tell me why we need to have a meeting so that I wouldn't sit there. If I got the email on Friday and the meeting's not till Tuesday, my weekend was wrecked. Like I, I couldn't think of anything but that meeting. And once I worked through a few of those processes, now it's, we're going to have a meeting on Tuesday. I'm like, do I need to bring stuff? Do I need to bring my whiteboard so we can write things out? Come on, what, give me, tell me what, what I need to do. And the excitement that comes from that now, it just fuels me. So currently I have three meetings a 
day just with my clients to have it's so much fun that That's was so a, awesome that was a big change for me that's powerful brooke do you remember where you felt that in your body like where specifically you felt in your body when they'd say it's time for a meeting or send that email out the dread was right in my chest and it would go right into my stomach like my heart would start racing i'd get sweaty my stomach would turn like i would lose all appetite completely like i wasn't going to eat because i was just and then my brain wouldn't turn off and i wouldn't sleep and i and yeah. it would happen right up until the meeting dates. The, like the just, fight or flight is And it gone. was, I wanted to run away. Like honest to PI, I wanted to be not in the same room. Like mm-hmm. it was that bad. But once I worked through all of that, it's just, I've never had that feeling since. And when you don't have something where you're not eating and you're not sleeping and you're stressed, like that affects a lot. But now I don't have any of that. And I sleep fine. I eat fine. That's awesome. I love that. Love that story. So good. But we need to talk about it, I think too. Like I'm a talker. Anyone who knows me knows I'm a talker. I don't mind talking about my personal issues and getting through them or asking for help. I'm that person. That's why I'm doing this whole podcast is to bring awareness for everybody, especially single people. Um, just thinking you're a certified coach. You're with International Coaches Association. The International Coach Federation is Federation. the governing body that I'm certified through. When someone is looking to work with a coach, what would you encourage them to look for themselves? What kind of avenues? That's an interesting question because as of today, coaching is a fairly new industry. It's about the mid nineties when it started getting a little bit of traction. Sir John Whitmore is the, one of the first coaches started writing curriculum for it around that time, but it's because it's so new, it's a little bit like the wild west. And so it's not, if you go for a massage, they have to be a registered massage therapist to claim benefits and stuff. There are no benefits that cover coaching right now. So My recommendation would be the ICF, the International Coach Federation, is the largest governing body of coaches in the world. And this is just my guess, like the writing on the wall is eventually things will be regulated and they will be heavily involved. And so if you're worried about that at all, I would would look to make sure that the coach has credentials with them. Starts with credentials of an ACC, Associate Certified Coach. And then after 500 hours, they can apply and get the PCC, Professional Certified Coach. And then after 25 500 hours of coaching, it's MCC, Master Certified Coach. And usually you'll pay accordingly. The rates will be according, but what value do you put on changing your life? Like how, what's it worth to get rid of the stuff that's holding you back? That's the other part of it. There are some other organizations out there, like the Association of Integrative Psychology that I'm aware of, that's a reputable organization. So AIP, if somebody has credentials with them, it's, that's great. That's where I did I did my NLP training through them. So I have credentials with both organizations. NLP is Neuro Linguistic Programming. And in a very nutshell, it is modeling success. So it's a philosophy that has, out of that philosophy, has grown a number of tools and techniques to be able to help people with their mindset. The most famous NLPer in the world is Tony Robbins. He was one of the original ones that learned from the two founders, John Grinder and Richard Bandler. They watched guys like Milton Erickson, some of the greatest therapists of the 20th century and watch what made them successful, the language patterns and you name it, anything that was successful. And so it's grown and evolved since then. But in in a nutshell, it is ways to shift your mindset. It's based on a, a concept. One of the main concepts is that perception is interpretation. So how you perceive the world is really just your interpretation. It's not necessarily how the world is. And when you understand that, 
then that enables you and gives you the power to choose what you'll change about how you see the world. And that's another way to transform is to look at the world a little bit differently and give you a different experience. Perception is great. And with you looking at, from my point of view, as someone who was looking for a coach, like when I first heard of coaching, a lot of the people didn't have any accreditation. They didn't have any training they were just going oh i have life experience and put coaching on the end and for me it wasn't enough i wanted someone who showed to me that they put the effort into learning certain things and putting the hours into an education somewhere where yes they had the life experience but they also made a conscious decision that this is a business this is accredited because to me anybody could put their name as a coach and then all of a sudden you're forking out fifteen two thousand dollars and you're going what just happened and that's like really so at least to me if i'm hiring someone who's put 2,500 hours into training to get a designation tells me that they're dedicated to not only themselves, but they're going to be dedicated to me. That's true. And most coaches will have a free consult and you need to make sure that they're a good fit for you, that their personality works for you and you for them. Certification will give you an expectation of how they'll act because there's a code of conduct and there's ethical guidelines that we're expected to follow. Otherwise we can lose our credentials. And there's also a skill set that is required for a coach. So a coach is not a consultant. A consultant is someone who tells you what you need to change to to make your business better or life better, whatever you want them to consult you, consult for you. A coach is more of a partner. They help you to decide what you want. More like a guide, right? If you were to use a metaphor, it'd be taking a road trip with someone back before GPS, you'd have that roadmap and the, the driver would be your the client and the coach would be the one with that paper map right beside them, helping them get to where they want to go. And there's a lot of principles in coaching that take some practice, quite frankly. Like one, one of them that I found is the most, one of the most powerful ones that took a lot of practice and intention on my part, now it comes naturally, thankfully, is to is to suspend judgment. That doesn't necessarily mean like judging somebody, like condemning them and saying, oh, you're a bad person. Not like that, but it might be judgment of suppose you didn't, suppose I as a coach didn't like dogs, which is totally untrue. I love dogs. I have a beautiful golden retriever, but just use that as an example. And the person I was coaching was needed to be coached on what to do with their dogs. Maybe they had too many dogs or maybe there were health issues or something like that. My reaction, my unconscious reaction to those dogs would be, if I didn't like them, it might be like, I don't want to talk about this, but to be able to suspend that, because it's not going to change how I feel in the moment, but, and just have that person right in front of me and holding them and supporting them with what they needed without any of my stuff coming into it is a skill that good and a great coach needs to have. And how do you find that out? I I don't know. You might ask them about their journey uh, of being a coach and what are some of the most powerful things that they've learned along the way, but everybody's going to have something different that they say to. From like the client's point of view, like nothing was more scary than the idea of being judged for the stuff I was wanting to talk about and being free to talk about those without the judgment. Because one of my biggest fears when taking on a coach, even you, Richard, was that what we were talking about would influence us outside of the sessions. That was my biggest fear when I got started was what am I going to say here? Is it going to affect our relationship outside of that room? And when that didn't change, it was like this stressor came right off me and I was so much more comfortable 
with everything that happened after. Because I think what, it's almost two and a half, three years ago now that we did the initial census. It's about two, almost two years ago, I think. But to be able to still talk to you now without the fear of being judged or it's really great because I really like our relationship. We're great friends. <laughs> Honestly, I don't remember. And for me, I unless somebody brings it up, then I get a memory of that experience mm-hmm. and talking with them. But and maybe it's because I've done so much work on myself. I had to, I've had to get rid of my own baggage and... Uh, I just, I actually find that process quite beautiful. And I'm so honored that somebody will trust me enough to go there. And I just see it as part of life now. And it's, hey, let's just shift that because it's all perception. And, and I mean, it, obviously it's not that simple. I don't go into every relationship and say, let's just shift this. There there are certain principles and, and things that need need to happen to be able to support someone and help them to move forward. But for sure, in looking for a coach, interview them, find out what their values are, find out if it's a good fit for you, find out and exercise some of that restraint too. Of I would say refrain from judging the person before you talk to them as well, because you might miss out on an opportunity to have an incredible coach benefit your life for a certain period of time. Definitely take the time to do the interviews. I think that's really important just because not everybody's everyone's cup of tea. And that is totally okay. I know that when I was diagnosed with my ADHD, that I was wanting someone very specific who worked with people with ADHD. And of course, I reached out to Richard. Hey, do you know anyone who specifically does this? And that was a great resource for me to have because at the time I didn't know who I should be talking to because I was hearing, oh, you need to speak to a psychiatrist, a counselor, a coach, like everybody had their two cents. But here's somebody I trusted to give me actual feedback to something that wasn't necessarily what he did, but could give me to someone who could help me, which was awesome. It's my pleasure. I just want to thank you for being on our show today. And for everyone who's listening, if you take a look at the blog, you'll have Richard's information there. If you wish to reach out to him, feel free to. If he can't tell you out he'll definitely point you in the direction of somebody who can so thank you richard for being on the show today thanks for it's wonderful being here even though she's happily single brooke is also happily aware of all her listeners thank you for tuning in and if you have a subject or question you would like to hear talked about on the show please comment below stay safe stay sassy stay single and stay tuned in to more episodes of a day in the life of happily single 